Welcome to the Crystal Caputo Show, a space where we'll catch up with business leaders, community builders, and politicians to explore the issues that affect us most. Hi guys, it's just me this week, and I wanted to look at whether or not we're on the precipice of the collapse of the American empire. Why are we so materialistic? When did it start? When did this obsession come from? When our basic needs are met, is there nowhere to go but down a path of consumerism and well gluttony? Why do nine-year-olds know the names of every Kardashian and not their neighbors? Why does Dolce & Gabbana even make baby clothes? I've been curious about popular culture for as long as I can remember. It's why storytelling and branding is such a source of passion and interest for me. My philosophy is that a brand, well, it's not my philosophy, I totally stole it, but it's still true, is how hearing a word makes you feel. Not just what pops in your head when you hear Nike, but also what pops in your head when you hear someone's name or a political party or the name of a city. New York. See, I said it and you got an image in your head, didn't you? I digress. But before we get started, let it be known that these are observations, an inward reflection if nothing else. I have the Louis Vuitton bags and the Gucci shades. I'm not looking to pass judgment. I just want to look at the conditions that brought us here, especially now. I have to wonder, where did it or does it even matter? Before we dive in, I think we need to look at when the cultural shift was prompted and why. I'm not an economist. Don't play one on TV. And if you're listening to this and you are an economist and you want to come on my show and explain to me how I got it all wrong, please reach out. I would love to have you. What I'm about to say is based on research I discovered when I started trying to extrapolate and draw parallels across social, economic, government, and personal planes. Plus, this is a shortish podcast, and they're hopefully starting points for you to think about it too, like they are for me, in hopes that we can at least start to have the conversation around what it would look like to shift the paradigm. Once the Industrial Revolution was well underway and production was outproducing buying habits, there was a shift in order to encourage consumerism, facilitated by access to credit, which has been on a steady and progressive incline ever since. So it made sense to me to start with a brief government economic history. Over a 108-year period between 1867 and 1974, the accumulation of debt in Canada shows a nearly flatline growth around $21.6 billion. I know that sounds like a lot, but hold your pants. Because around 1974, the debt began to grow exponentially, and over a mere 39 years, it reached over $600 billion in 2013. So what happened in 1974? Well, we stopped using the gold standard for starters, and the Basel Committee was established by the Central Bank, governors of the group of 10 countries of the member Central Bank of the Bank for International Settlements, BIS, which included Canada. A key objective of the committee was and is to maintain monetary and financial stability. To achieve that goal, the committee discouraged borrowing from a nation's own central bank and trust-free and encouraged borrowing from private creditors all in the name of maintaining the stability of the currency. The presumption was that borrowing from a central bank with the power to create money on its books would inflate the money supply and price. Borrowing from private creditors, on the other hand, was considered not to be inflationary since it involved the recycling of pre-existing money. What the bankers didn't reveal, although they had long known it themselves, was that the private banks create the money they lend us just as public banks do. The difference is simply that a publicly owned bank returns the interest to the government and the community, while a privately owned bank siphons the interest into its capital account to be reinvested at further interest, progressively drawing money out of the productive economy. Canada's big six banks recorded profits of more than $46 billion in 2019. That works out to more than $22 million in profit every hour banks are open. So that's a very simplistic explanation as to how and why the government got here. And now I want to shift that and apply it to how it has 
translated into consumers taking on more debt that was coming along with a cultural shift towards consumerism. So basically, we aren't keeping up with the Joneses anymore. We're keeping up with the Kardashians. And when you look at their rise to fame and how they came to be, it's at least fascinating and at worst horrifying for what it says about us, our world, and our children. For my parents, whose parents had very humble beginnings in Canada, it was as if they wanted to give us more than their parents gave them. Having a higher education and a job and a home wasn't enough. They wanted better for us. So they, with the help of growing media presence and television and the increasingly prevalent growth of celebrity idolization, encouraged us, probably unconsciously for our parents and probably very consciously by media, to embrace material status symbols. It didn't matter that they were working themselves to the bone. We had to have the newest Juicy Couture tracksuits, not the off-brand Kmart ones, the legit Juicy We went to tanning salons in high school, in high school, in makeup and fake nails, you name it. The focus on beauty enhancements just grew and grew and grew. Fitting in became increasingly expensive, and the way to signal to others that you fit in was to use the semiotics of brand name clothing, expensive cars, and being seen at all the right places. Appearance, it would seem, superseded everything. But with all this focus on appearance, I guess it's not surprising that eating disorders are an epidemic. More than one million Canadians meet the criteria. Eating disorders are a Western phenomenon, which is also curious to me. And, well, I guess by curious, I mean applicable, since I've always struggled with food. I have this weird ability, which is born of my own lifelong struggles, and I can basically tell you the calorie count of anything at any time. Anyway, the shift to look better, buy better, be better, that bar was set. And even though we didn't have the internet back then, or at least not the internet that we know and have today, I can see in hindsight how those seeds were growing and being watered. When you have the privilege of secured access to food and images everything, it makes sense that controlling food intake becomes a pretty convenient way to assert individual power and prove to the world that you have the real or perceived discipline to stay in control and exceed the status quo. Supported, of course, by the constantly reinforced quote-unquote keep-up culture, and then compounded by the growing presence of celebrity culture and idolization, makes sense, right? So as I bring it forward to today, I wondered what other forces were simultaneously at work that enabled this circumstance, and if we're following my timeline as an 80s child, the pace was, well, pretty unsustainable. I look at how my children are affected by consumerism. They have everything they could ever need or want. Believe me, I'm so grateful for the ability to provide that, but I also wonder if I'm contributing to the compounding we want better for our children culture. Wanting better shouldn't be about more toys, more electronics. It should be about the privilege of having more time, more access to experience. And don't even get me started on YouTube. Ugh, that could be its own show in and of itself, and I'm not even going there. I will suffice it to say, bad, bad, bad. Anyway, all this culminates in one overarching question for me. Is the human condition set to implode once it reaches peak success, which for our purposes here means peak consumerism? There is no level up. There is no higher thing to achieve. Is resulting effect, meaning the reality that was revealed by COVID, that the universe or whatever higher being you worship is ripe for reckoning? Every single empire in history has fallen eventually. Is there time, willingness, and chance to stay the last remaining known as the American empire? This is all just food for thought that's been kind of bantering around my head and I wanted to share it with you and I hope it gives you a chance to think about it. So thank you for listening as always and I promise that I will have a real life guest again next week. Um, I'm hoping you are well and I will catch you on the flip side.